I've had women reach out to me and say that they're just like really happy that I'm sharing more stories about postpartum depression. I mean, depression itself can be so complex and different for everybody. And so to share more stories of, of what it can be like, I think I would want it to help other people. Welcome to Books Connect Us from Penguin Random House. This is a podcast about staying connected to the stories that inspire us. We're going behind the scenes with our favorite authors to give you the inside scoop on the story behind the story. Hi, it's Alyssa. It's Carolina, and we've got a brand new episode for you today. Sylvia Molnar's debut novel, The Nursery, documents the slow process of staggering back towards the simple pleasures of life and re-entering the world after postpartum depression. Sylvia herself is the foreign rights director at a New York-based literary agency and the author of a chapbook called Soft Split. Her work has appeared in Guernica, Lit Hub, and Triangle House Review, to name a few. Sylvia is from Budapest, was raised in Sweden, and now lives in Austin, Texas. In this episode, Sylvia talks to Lisa Lucas, senior vice president and publisher of Pantheon, about The Nursery, a novel about the early postpartum days of motherhood that offers a visceral and revelatory portrait of a woman struggling with maternal fear. Here's a conversation we hope you enjoy, and we'll be back after the interview to discuss our thoughts. I am Lisa Lucas. I'm the publisher of Pantheon and Shocken Books, and I'm here with Sylvia Molnar, who is the author of her debut novel, The Nursery. Um, so we're going to get into it, I think, a little bit just to talk about the book and why you wrote it and how you're feeling and all the good things. Hi. Hi. Thank Harry. you so much for having me. We're so happy to be publishing this book. Um, so I guess to give everybody a sense of, of what The Nursery is, do you want to just sort of run down what you've written? Sure. Um, so The Nursery is a short novel about a translator who's finding it impossible to leave her apartment after giving birth. And usually she's pretty content with her kind of um, job working from home, uh, going to the library. Um, but this transition, this change has really uh, is, is, is sort of just like a shock to her system physically and mentally and um, she quickly befriends an upstairs neighbor, uh, an older man who's uh, started to come down because he's complaining about the baby crying. <laughs> uh, and he's just lost his wife. Um, and they develop a friendship of sorts. Um, but time is kind of like running out for both of them. And ultimately, the novel uh, culminates in this kind of painful confrontation that the narrator has to have with, um, mostly with herself. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's about loneliness and isolation, um, and how kind of important it is to have that human connection to bring somebody out from the dark. I think at a glance, you can really think about it as a book about, you know, isolation and depression and darkness and all of these things, but there's so much more to it than that. Why did you write it? And what do you think ultimately you know, what is the the reason for the book? Right. Um, I wrote it because um, I felt that when I was first pregnant with my first child um, and went through that experience, um, that right after that there wasn't really a novel that described um, in this very 
uh, direct and honest way of what it's like to go through um, having your body change so much, um, uh, but also just just really like what it feels like to like come home with a baby, like the first day, the first week, the first hours. I really wanted to unravel all of the minutes um, and and go into great detail, like how kind of difficult those moments can be alone with a baby. Um, but then also kind of like how absurd certain moments can be because, um, uh, you know, you're you're sometimes just like kind of dancing around with this new little alien that you don't really know um, and nothing is working because they, they're still crying um, and you're meant to kind of still feel this tremendous love for them. And you may not really know like where to get that love from because you're just exhausted. You're just kind of going a little crazy because... You haven't been sleeping for days. Um, so as soon as uh, my daughter was born, I just immediately felt that like, oh, I wanted a book to kind of prepare me for that. And I hadn't really seen anything like it before uh, or like read anything like it before. Um, and so I thought like, oh, maybe I should try to do it myself. Why do you think we don't talk about postpartum? Like, I mean, you know, the idea that so many women are having babies and so many women are finding themselves, you know, day after giving birth at home with a baby, no real instructions, you know, no real preparation for what sleep deprivation feels like. Right. Mm. Um, but we don't talk about it. I feel like, you know, there have always in my life, I'm not a mother. And there's always been whispers like, oh, such and such has postpartum or, oh, she's having a hard time. Or somebody will say, oh, I'm, I'm just really stressed out. But people don't really talk about it. Why do you think that it's so taboo? It's a really good question. I, I, I wonder if like part of it has to do with the um, image you have to give off immediately as soon as the baby is born that you're fine, you're physically fine, you're mentally fine, um, you're, you're meant to have like whatever lost like the extra weight immediately or like look look like functioning and um, kind of like perform motherhood, whatever that looks like. It was for me, at least, there was this like mixture of like internal pressure on myself and external pressure to um, just like pretend that everything is like fine and and not admit that um, there can be so many moments where you're doubting yourself or you're having thoughts that you think you may not um, you're, you shouldn't have. Um, it's also something where. It's not very pretty, you know, and, right. and, and I think... And you go there. And yeah, yeah. And, and, and even like the different um, sort of physical changes can look so different for mothers, like in, in the way in which they heal from uh, giving birth. And I think that's also, that can also be so complicated because, you know, certain people are just in pain for months afterwards, but you're not, you're not meant to be in pain. Um, and, and even just like figuring out like nursing and how difficult it can be to like be comfortable in doing it or even like doing it in front of people, um, can be, um, I think just like this, like very awkward, um, stage in the beginning. We don't make space for moms, you know, we don't. And I think this book definitely talks about how we don't make space for moms in its own sort of not quite on the nose way. Um, so, you know, I think so, right, the world doesn't always talk about what women are going through when they're having kids. But I also think that women 
don't always want to look at it. Mm. Why is that? You know, this idea that sort of I went through that and it's too fresh, it's too close and I want to look at it. And and why, when that can be like a dominant sort of cultural fixation, wanting to just look away from the hardship, why lean into the blood and the guts of it? Why lean in? I mean, no, you wanted something that was going to comfort you, but like what about this sort of like, you know, you, it's very visceral. Mm. It's very real um, and honest and funny Right. It's all the things at one time. But why do you think that it's worth trying when we know that we're not having those conversations? How do you reach a mom? You know, why should somebody who's afraid to read the book read it? Because I think it's it's just kind of like my attempt at getting closer to a truth. Um, And I think there's a lot of value in bringing forth different stories about motherhood uh, because everybody has like very different experiences. And I think the 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 blood and the liquids and, you know, all of the kind of gunk and gush, gush, like it's just, I think it's just like part of who we are. And to kind of ignore that, I think would be uh, such a shame and particularly from women, like to ignore all of the things that are happening or can happen with our bodies would be also to kind of deny uh, a part of ourselves that is just like the way we sort of walk around in the world. And um, I thought that um, I think also just like from from reading certain from like certain reading experiences um, where certain writers have like opened me up to those possibilities of like being honest around the female body. Just thought I thought that they, it could be like a very playful thing to just take that and like really run with it. Yeah. And I think that's the reality, right? Like, of course, we're talking about blood. Of course, we're talking about liquids. We're talking about all the things, right? But it's like, but it is funny. It's ridiculous to be a human being, right? right. And it's actually really comforting to read that everybody else's dysfunctional body is going through something. I'm not, as I said before, a mom. And when I read it, I was completely moved just because I inhabit a female body. I'm a child. Do you know what I mean? I'm a sibling. I'm a, you know, it's like I'm a, a, a part of the world. There's so many and it just feels like um, it does feel really universal, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're talking about pregnancy or childbirth or the after effects or not. It just feels kind of like. So how have the early returns been? Like how how like friends that have read alongside you as you've been writing, like how have the how have people responded? They've been so sweet. And I think it's it's really helped with the this process just to have their support and um, it's also been wonderful to like even with like early on with the announcement of of the book um, I've had women reach out to me and say that they're just like really happy that I'm sharing more stories about postpartum depression because again I think like I mean depression itself can be so complex and and different for everybody and so to share more stories of of what it can be like, I think ultimately I would want it to help other people. And both in a way that, that, you know, I don't know to what degree I can help people make decisions about their lives, just in in the sense that if people are looking for, to read something to understand what the experience could be like, um, that that was like part of writing the book. But that also... was actually one of the first conversations we had when you when it came in on submission. Um, I was talking to somebody and I was just talking about. I wish there had been a book that you know I didn't want to have kids. I don't want to mm-hmm. have kids. And you know I think that some of the grueling 
you know, experiences that one has to go through to make a child and to raise a child are just not something that was appealing to me. But there was never any negative or honest, not even negative, just honest, straightforward, like this is really hard. This is what this is going to look like. Right. You know, to even sort of make me feel more justified yeah. in my own decisions. And so that was actually, for me, one of the things Like I was thinking there's a whole generation of young women in the world that are thinking about motherhood and family and marriage and jobs in a completely different way. And this is a book that I would have liked to read as a 22-year-old, mm-hmm. right? Like instead of just feeling like I was being barreled towards motherhood with no, you know, sort of, it's great. This is the thing you should be doing. It's perfect and easy and fun and everybody does it. Right. No big. Yeah. And and I'm so glad to hear that because I think when we talk about the choices that women have to make, it, it sometimes the discourse feels as though like you make a choice and that that's it. But literally that choice can change from day to day, from minute to minute, month to month. Like even if you've made the choice, you can go back to it or feel like you want to go back to it. And so I, I think it's really valuable to have more stories around that. It's just, you know, whether or not um, you decide to become a mother, that question is just kind of like forever with you. Um, and even even the choice is like forever with you. Yeah. Um, and it's really valuable to... Like, I just, like, I feel like I'm always, like, living vicariously through the people around me who don't have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just, like, sort of, like, I, like, I feel That's like, like I'm also living. my cousin hugs when I'm like, let me, hold on, I need to see with some kids. I'm going to go visit, and I'm going to spend a day, and then I go home, and I'm like, cool, cool. Yeah. I lived great. vicariously through you, and now I'm going to go home out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, you know, this is your first novel. Um, it's debut, and it's about something that is adjacent to your own life, an experience that you've had. Are you nervous about people conflating um, the narrator of the nursery with you? I do find it difficult to talk about myself, uh, but I don't have a problem talking about the book and um, the issues in the book. And then, obviously, you know, people will find out that I'm also a mother and there's something around that question still where I can't quite. It's so it's so early. Yeah, I guess it's just always interesting because it's like a book is never a person, right? A book is an expression. Yeah, right. And if it's fiction, it's fictionalized. And maybe there's little pieces of us somewhere inside of those stories, or really huge pieces of us somewhere inside of those stories. But it's interesting the, you know, when you're talking about something difficult, right? And and people. It's a judge, judgmental space, mm-hmm. like parenting, like how you react to something that somebody else has waited for 30 years to have happen or didn't have a hard time with or is jealous of. Um, it seems pr- even more, you know, kind of like important to distinguish the differences between a mother who is able to write about motherhood and a mother who has to write about herself. Mm-hmm. I just wish I had these like wonderful, intelligent and funny answers to like that. You're pretty funny. <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of it is in the book, but you're pretty funny. Oh, thank you. I mean, that's one of the unexpected things. It's like the nursery did like at, at a glance. Does it feel like it's supposed to be funny? Like, no, but it's very funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is truly ridiculous. Um, what do you what was the what was what was the most fun to write? I think the scenes with the husband, um, John, were really funny uh, and kind of easy uh, because I had this just like um, this picture of him as somebody who wants to support but can't really connect with um, the narrator. And to to describe him was um, 
and kind of like describe their dialogue was really um, fun because uh, he's he is um, you know trying to be supportive, but is just kind of like not really. He drove me crazy. Not really listening to her, you know. <laughs> we talked about him a lot when we were doing the edits. It was like, hold on, I think he's being a jerk. That's kind of the point, too, you know, because if you have, I mean, it wouldn't really work in the book if you had somebody who was just like, I get you, I understand you, you know, let me hold the baby for 13 hours um, like you always do, you know, and and um, and so I needed I needed him to be this kind of like, um, you know, person who's just not really, you know, in her mental state because because. He couldn't be, you know, other, that's that's kind of like the point of like elevating also her mental, um, like her sort of like mind, like spiraling yeah. further down. And part of the humor, too, is the language. You play with words so much. And I think that's an interesting story. So what's your first language? So my first language um, is Hungarian. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the sense that that's that's what I grew up with. Right. But then... Um, it's it's strange because it's 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 changed over the years because so I was born in Hungary, but I grew up in Sweden. And so since then, um, you know, the Hungarian language, I mean, I still can speak it and understand it, but it's not something um, that sort of comes to me as quickly as before. Mm-hmm. So. So Sweden is, or Swedish is like closer to... So that's your second language. Second, so yeah. you wrote this in your third language is the point I'm trying to drive us to, right. which is pretty impressive. But I think also because you have all of these different languages, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the play inside of the book comes from, you know, it's a translator and you're thinking about languages and translation and trying to sort of articulate the interiority of a woman's, you know, sort of emotional experience and the needs of a baby and, you know, can you talk about how language supports the story you were telling? Sure. Yeah. I wanted to kind of pick a profession that is not necessarily a job that people kind of see outwardly. You know, the work of a translator is kind of always in the background. And I also kind of wanted to have her do something that people can kind of perceive as maybe like not super ambitious just to make the point of the fact that I feel like sometimes in stories about motherhood or when women are struggling that you and if it's in like in juxtaposition to art you have to make it so that that oh that the art that they're striving for is like is amazing or like the art that they could be making could potentially be amazing and what if that's not the case. Like, what if what if she's kind of just like average? Uh, and this is kind of like me judging her. But but what if she's just like a normal person? But you know, can we still still take her depression seriously? Right. Um, I love that your idea of like unambitious is like this like translator, you know, sort of proactive person who loves to be inside of a text. It's like this is a lot about you. That's like that's that's the normie. <laughs> yeah, just like being in the background yeah. in a way, not not so visible. Um, I think she's pretty powerful. I think she's quiet. Mm. And I think that she knows what she wants, right? Like I think that I read her as just sort of being not front and center. She doesn't need attention, but she seems really rigorous mm-hmm. in her efforts, you know, and, and they seem important to her. I think the the wonderful thing about language is that 
especially I found like with the English language is that even though, you know, some people say that I, you know, have like some kind of accent, but they can't quite place it. Or sometimes my, the phrasing of my English sentences are not like, not like perfect. I feel like English is my best friend because I can do whatever I want with it and it lets me and most people around me also because many of them are from other places English is the one that connects us and and it's not until kind of like like writing this book and also like or, or more like finishing the book that I realized that like like what what a wonderful comfort that language has been to me and continues to be and it's 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 not the language i speak to my children because i'm trying to teach them swedish but it's still there in our household and it's still something that um just means so much to me well i feel like if we talk for too much longer i'm going to start spoiling the book um which we don't want to do but you know, I just um congratulations. It's really such a stunning little novel. Um and it's 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 small. You know, it's not like a it's not a 700-page doorstop. Right. But it's so moving in the short amount of time that we spend with our unnamed narrator and her child. Yeah, I can't wait for people to read it. I hope you pick it up wherever books are sold. So thank, thank you so you, much, Sylvia. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Carolina. Hi, Alyssa. What a powerful conversation. What a powerful book. Yeah. I have so many thoughts. Um, I think the first one is as a recently, you know, mom of two. I've had two kids in the past two years. Two I could, cute kids. <laughs> thank you. I could not relate more to this book. Um, specifically, how she said, you know, it's it's quietly revolutionary because it lays those, like, difficult physical parts. I love that she said the blood and the guts of who we are mm-hmm. on the table. And it's the reality of, like, it's not pretty or easy. Especially the first month, let me tell you. Like, it's just not. Yeah. I feel like it's very romanticized, the experience of motherhood. Um, mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. And I really love, like, that she was so honest in her portrayal. And I also think, uh, you know, going with our theme of origin and identity, like, birth as origin, like, we all come from it. We mm-hmm. all, if we don't experience it ourselves, like, as having kids, like, we have experienced birth as Correct. newborns. And it's not talked about enough. It's nope. something that is, I mean, it's better now, I would say, than maybe when our parents were growing up mm-hmm. um, or having kids. <laughs> yeah. Both of those. Um, but it's definitely still a quietly shameful or, you know, embarrassing topic. And yeah. I think that's a huge problem because it keeps us really disconnected from what makes us all really human. Yeah, 100 percent. And I, I think about my grandma and how when she was giving birth in the 50s, just all this stuff, like my grandpa wasn't allowed in the room and just all, all of these things I mean we have come a long way but no a woman's health in general just isn't talked about enough and I really commend Sylvia for writing this novel for many reasons um but you know recently a New York Times wrote an article about menopause and how that is this shameful thing that every woman goes through um and you know I I talked to my mom about that she was recently going through it herself Mm and and you know I've had my own you know you know, ventures into women's health. I'm a woman or person with a vagina. Um, And so, yeah, I I really, I love that she wrote this. And and she says that she wrote this because it was a book that she needed and she Mm -hmm. wanted. And I think that's really admirable. I think when you are facing a challenge and you're finding yourself craving something and you're needing something really specific and it doesn't exist, the fact that you're able to 
do it and make it yourself, like that is very impressive. Um, and I really commend her for that. And and just to like say the things that aren't, you know, pretty. And yeah. and also it was nice that she was speaking with Lisa and Lisa was open about her choice to not have children, which mm-hmm. I think also is something that people kind of are shameful about. Yeah, no, it's it's so hard. I'm gonna be so yeah. honest. I mean, yeah. I had a really I would say I'm I'm a hippie at heart, so I had two home births, <laughs> um, two water births, and mm-hmm. they were really wonderful. But I do feel like there's something so romanticized yeah. about having kids, yeah. and it's just like not that. Like yeah. it can be beautiful and is beautiful, but I think it's only beautiful when you really take in the fullness of the experience, and right. that's like with all of the things that are difficult in life. Yeah. Um, but something that really stuck with me too that you just said is the Toni Morrison quote of like I was I read I read I read until I couldn't find the book that I mm-hmm. needed to read so I wrote it, and I just got chills. I love Toni Morrison. Uh, I got chills with you. <laughs> something that was really profound in this um, interview is when Sylvia said a book is never a person; it's always an expression. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there's parts of yourself in it, but at the end of the day, like it's it's part of you or it's inklings of who you are or of your yep. experiences but the characters it's like own person the story is its own story Absolutely. um so i love the vulnerability in that yeah and and i think what you said about everything in life being both you know good and bad and, and easy and hard and that's not to say that motherhood isn't a wonderful journey mm-hmm. or beautiful thing um worth it if that's what you want but you know i think that we need to own all the pieces of it and yeah. not just glamorize certain parts of it especially f- for like the sake of women you know i think I always I'm always on like a campaign that like things like menstruation, like yeah. we don't talk about that stuff. Like we we like accept it and acknowledge that like you buy tampons or whatever, but like, you know, talk about like hormonal changes that happen every day, things like that. And yeah. I really feel so strongly that these are the kinds of stories that need to be told and completely agree that this is a very specific story and that you ha- again, like all of our authors, all of our novels and all the things we talk about, this is just one story and doesn't represent everybody, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. It's so important to find, again, that kernel of what you can relate to in this or someone you love. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing that I really stuck with me was that when she was writing about the difficult things, writing it with humor and it's like mm. an attempt to get closer to the truth. Her truth, you know, I don't know if there was like an, a universal truth to anything, but this was like Sylvia's truth and right. so many people's truth who give birth and experience that. So I think this is, you know, a wonderful book. I think everyone should read it. If yeah. you are a person who can have kids, who can give birth or not, uh-huh. um, I think it's really important to, to know about our origins, where we all come from and the experiences. Yeah. And I loved that she she said in the interview where Lisa's like, you were really funny. Like the book is very <laughs> funny. And I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own um, in our own head. So I'm excited. I haven't read this one yet. I'm excited to read it. I love like when a book is both serious and funny and there's like some tongue in cheek in it. So I'm looking forward to digging into this one. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening. Books Connect Us is a production of Penguin Random House Media, hosted by me, Alyssa Adler, and Carolina Merkins, produced by Pat Stango and edited by Clayton Gumbert. For other great podcasts featuring your favorite authors, check out Marla and Jake Read Dead People, The Taste Podcast, Criminal Types, and others found in our show notes below. To support Books Connect Us, we'd be so grateful if you could subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening and see you next week.